Hello? Hello? We're good? Yeah, we're good. All right, are we recording? We are recording. All right, man. So I'll, is it okay if I say that this is Bottom of the Ninth Podcast so we can post? We can yeah, post, you can post do whatever it. you yeah. want. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Bottom of the Ninth Podcast. I'm your host, Elijah Rodriguez. And today we are here with co-founder, co-owner of the brand, the awesome brand, Warstick. How you doing, Ben? I'm good, man. Thanks for, ben, for coming down over. to see you, man. Yeah, dude, you're... This is... Like, I've said it, like, ten times, not to, like, gush. This is, like, the coolest facility I think I've been to. Thank you. Or most In unique. your whole life? Yeah, I'd say, yeah. Because, I mean, you go to a couple others, and they're they're very much traditional in, in the, yeah. the baseball sense. I'd say they look unquote. like baseball. Yeah, they look like baseball, thing, but, but this is, a like, look to baseball, you know? Yeah, so. this, this is, it doesn't look like baseball, but it looks like the vibes in here are, like, ridiculous. They're yeah. just, it's such good vibes in here. I think that was kind of the idea with the, if we were going to have a headquarters that um, fans and customers could visit, yeah. the idea was kind of, like, it should bleed the brand. Yes. Like, yes. it kind of almost go over the top. The Absolutely. Brand. Yeah. So dude, it's like the one course. place you can, the most war stick you can handle at one time. You know what <laughs> I mean? So much war stick. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we'll get, we'll get started a little bit. So I kind of wanted to get into like, into like your, your background, your history. So, okay. so where are you from originally? I'm from here. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Dal- oh, so you're from Dallas. Yeah. I'm, okay. I, okay. I'm born and raised um, down okay. the street, honestly. And there you then, go. Um, yeah. I, cool. The only time I didn't live here was um, playing college playing baseball, ball. Mm-hmm. like in Mississippi, mm-hmm. and then uh, pro ball, mm-hmm. out, you know, in the east and all kinds of small bad towns. And then I went to grad school in Chicago. Okay, so I moved back yeah, when good. I was about twenty-five. Um, so that's when I didn't live here. But otherwise, yeah, that's crazy. I married a girl that I met when I was twelve in junior high here. So wow, there you yeah. go, back to the roots. There you go. So, so baseball. I'm assuming you've been playing forever. Yeah, I mean, I started playing baseball and t-ball like, ev- like, like everybody else, and, yeah. And, you know, but I um, I played all the way through. I would say football actually was my – I was um, I liked football better. Yeah. I just I have more of a football mentality mm-hmm. um, to, you know, um, ability to not think and just be an athlete and go out there and have fun and play. Like, yeah. And it's Texas, right? So <laughs> football huge, in Texas yeah. is extremely fun because mm-hmm. um, you know, people people care and they, yeah. they go watch it. And then baseball – um, I actually, like, I was, I had an opportunity to go play college football, like, at Air Force I was about, to, I was about to say, yeah, it was, like, was, running was, the wishbone, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was kind of like, I got D1 offers for baseball, and I looked at my 5'10", 180-pound frame, and I was like, <laughs> I probably should stick with baseball and see, you know, I just had a sense maybe yeah. I could take it further, but. Oh, yeah. I really missed football the whole time, and then, ironically, like, I was so much of a, of a perfectionist, which is good for what I do now, mm-hmm. but when you're playing baseball, it's the worst thing to be. Right. So, a lot of war sticks message side and kind of like the you know the mentality of warstick is kind of based on all the things i was really bad at like yeah leaving the past in the past mm-hmm. not worrying about the future yeah moving on to the next pitch wow you know like i mm-hmm. played hard mm-hmm. that wasn't a problem but like that's different than being hard on yourself when you're playing baseball you got to be able yeah. to let things go so part of part of warstick's all whole you know message is don't be like me. Yeah. Because, <laughs> and just the little thing that's yeah, like, yeah. I actually, you know, I was a really good athlete when I was young and I kind of thought that that was all I needed. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand the concept of like that you could continually get better and learn and things like that. Yeah. Um, so we try to teach that to, you know, we're stick kids. And yeah, just, of course. Like you said, don't be like Ben. Don't <laughs> think that you're just God's gift to baseball. And right. You know, that's going to catch up with you at a certain point if you don't keep learning and dealing with failure and stuff like that. So yeah, it worked out. My mom's yeah, happy about I'd it. I'd say that it worked out a pretty well for you. So, so you say you're so when you play, you were an infielder, right? Was an infielder? Most, yeah, I was a shortstop, second baseman, yeah. but you know, like a ton of center field. I kind of played all over the place. And pro yeah. ball, I played everywhere. But 
pitcher and catcher, I think. That's pretty. That's pretty um, good. Not that's a feat in that itself. That, but, um, catching is scary. I could just kind of be a jack of all trades type yeah. guy. Yeah. And the master of none. Ca- catching is is scary. I would. I, I would did it play. one time when I was twelve for nope. an inning, and I told coach never, never again. again. <laughs> like that's it. And then ironically, both of my two oldest sons are catchers. No way. Oh yeah. Oh wow. And they love it. Do they really? Oh, they love it. They should have came. It's cool. Like I get it. Like the craft of catching. It is a, the it's, way they yeah. got into it, especially in the era of framing, which is probably about to end. Like. There was so much to you know, master as a craft that I started to respect it. I couldn't help them with it. <laughs> never did it. But uh, I yeah. got a little guy that's a shortstop. I got a 14-year-old. That's a little, sorry, I didn't mean to call him a little guy, but <laughs> he's taller than me. So Is he? Yeah. At tw- how old is he, 14, you said? He just turned 14. Just so turned like 14? Grader, so I still got still got some time. I still got four years of baseball at least, but he's he's extremely good. He's, he's a lot better than I was. <laughs> we'll see. So, so you, so you played, you played high school baseball, you played high school football all the way through. Then you, yeah. how many, so you had, a, obviously if you went to play at Mississippi state, right? Yeah. So you had, you were pretty damn good. Did you get a lot of offers I'm, coming would, out of high school? I mean, I got, yeah, I got four or five, you know, like, I think I, my choices were for whatever reason, Tulane, Texas tech. I actually went to OU my freshman year. Right. I had a plenty of good offers, Yeah. but I, and I think it's cause I don't know. My senior year, I hit a ton of homers. I led North Texas in homers and probably strikeouts. Yeah. Um, I was just a really good athlete that probably people looked at and thought they could build me into something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was so raw when I got to college. <laughs> I still look back, especially Mississippi State, and I can't even believe what I got on the field, you know? Really? I mean, because I wasn't one of those highly recruited, yeah. you know, guys that they get now. I yeah, had now to get there and yeah. I had to. Grind your ass off. I gradually got a little bit more playing time each year, and then my senior year, I got to play all the time, and and I did good. But it was a constant learning process. Yeah, you know. Um, so I was okay. I was just was a good athlete. I think yeah. back then, natural athlete. But it's funny, like people are so much more skilled up now than I was. Oh, now like, it's I don't. Even, I didn't even have it. I had a guy I hit with. Mm-hmm. They would throw to me. But you weren't going to like private. But he wasn't like a hitting yeah. coach. Yeah, he was just giving you BP. And even thinking back to Mississippi State, I'm like, I don't know who's our hitting coach. I'm like nobody. <laughs> like, everyone was, was kind of just of helping everything that i yeah. teach my son now mm-hmm. based on being around it more and i'm yeah. like god i'm like you know more at 14 than i did at 18 for sure you know so good and bad to the times the times have changed that's for a sure different podcast yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a different that's a whole other conversation <laughs> um, but uh, nowadays you got kids that have a hitting a hitting coach a pitching coach a fielding coach. they have all kind there's all kinds of specialties it's a lot different like even like I, what you're saying like back then i think i went to uh like when i was in a younger i went to like pitching lessons and yeah. that was it that was like all yeah. there really was i mean hitting was like oh you can just go hit in your backyard you can go hit wherever you don't need to yeah. like really hire a hitting coach most it's of us like, in my day that's what it was it mm-hmm. was the kids that had little makeshift batting cages in the backyard and then maybe a coach guy would come over there yeah. it was just back when private training was getting started yeah yeah but still it's like people just there's more information now yeah you know? yeah um, internet right yeah so so did you was there any draft like thoughts for you I out s- of high school oh i in my mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody's I, mind, right? I, I sometimes wonder about that because I always wondered why didn't I get any attention. And I think probably the honest to God truth is the scouts probably looked at me and they saw my mentality. Mm-hmm. They said, this guy will never be able to handle the constant failure of baseball. Yeah. I, I'm just guessing at that because mm-hmm. physically I had enough tools to play D1 baseball right, and all right. that. But um, no, I never got drafted. And then in, even out of college, I signed free agent because I was a senior. Though. Yeah, like, yeah. They were like, you want to play or not? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's now or never, right? Yeah, yeah. You want 1500 bucks in the play and babysit Jimmy Rollins? 
cool. Let's go. Babies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so that at least, but see, you got that offer too. So was that something you elected to do? Were they already, were they talking to you at that point? Or was it like it, you kind of, it, it, it was weird. It was just like high school. Like yeah. I wasn't getting attention as a junior in high school. Cause I really wasn't that good. Right. And then my senior year, I was a young, like my birthday is August 28th. Mm -hmm. So like my senior year, I was pure 17. When I got to college, I was 17. These wow. days that doesn't happen. Actually, I think my, I mean, so it's very rare. It's rare. My roommate, yeah. my, when was it? My Redshirt freshman year when I went to junior college, yeah. he was one of those kids. Yeah. He was 17 into yeah. as gays he went into his freshman year of I think college. It was just my senior year, I, I kind of I did a lot. Like mm -hmm. I was kind of causing fireworks and then all causing <laughs> I was in colleges with college. Yeah, and yeah. Then same year same thing in college. Like my most of my college career I didn't, didn't do much. And then at the end of it, mm -hmm. all of a sudden I kind of was figuring things out and I had a really good year and I think I was a good enough athlete and I had showed that I could play any position on the field. And so I got, you know, someone called and said, hey, you want to keep playing ball? And I was like, yeah, uh, let's yeah, try it. Right, yeah, let's try it, you know. And then yeah. um, it didn't last too long, you know. I mean, I think I was lucky in a way that I got cut young enough that I could go pursue still other things. Still do something, right? Yeah. You still do something and with yourself. Yeah, and I had always been like an artist behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, my jock friends just didn't know about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, um, when I got released in pro ball, I went back to grad school. Um, to study more like art and design and mm -hmm. stuff, which I had started doing at Mississippi State. In fact, yeah. without Mississippi State, I'm not doing any of this because um, that's where I kind of learned what design was. Yeah, got in and actually got into it. I mean, enough to say, hey, I think I could be good at this. Right. So it's just weird how life works. Like you go and you kind of bounce around and you kind of see what clicks and what doesn't. Right. You know? So yeah, as much of it was, I was absolutely there to play baseball. Like I owe my whole design career being at Mississippi State and to the teachers yeah. who were like, hey, you could be good at this. Because it was either that or like forestry injury, which is cool. But I love you're very woods. much an outdoors guy. Yeah, I, I was going to say outdoors, but I was like, OK, this this could be I know I love it. Like it's it fits ever, my personality. You ever think about going the ladder and doing something like that? No, no. <laughs> Never turn you back. Never look no. back. huh? No, I, I planned to. I think I think design for me is like a therapy. To it, yeah. No matter like I'm a very form of art. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're a creative person, you're a very naturally anxious always thinking about the future worrying a lot type person right right it's yeah. just part of what makes you good at what you do right and being a perfectionist but like doing the art sitting down and do it is where i get into my flow mm -hmm. you know they talk about like michael jordan playing and not thinking mm -hmm. that's, that's where you're at place for me other than fly fishing i can sit and just flow and think and it's not tiring yeah. it's not like working um you know, so I think I need it. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> it needs it more than you need yeah, it. Right? I need, yeah. like, I need design to can keep me sane. To be honest, yeah, with you. it just needs to kind of come out. You've got some good taste. That's for damn sure. That's I mean, for it's developed damn over sure. a long time. I, if yeah. I showed you, uh, if I'd have done war stick in my 20s, it would have been really bad. Would have been probably well. If you look at your mind, everyone's mindset in the 20s is a lot different yeah, than where it, it, it is when like, it really matures. It really yeah, matures, and you you get more discerning as a designer as you get mm -hmm. older. You learn to do more with less mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah, of course. So, so how was, so before we get into like all of the, like literally where we are right now, what, when you say pro ball didn't last long, was it like that style, was the baseball style different for you than what, like, cause I know you said you're raw talent. So it's like very much, you just go out and you just play. Right. But there it's very structured. They expect like there's the expectations were a lot different. Would you say? I mean, in the lower levels of the minor leagues are not fun. No, I've I mean, heard I think that. At least yeah. in college, there was that mentality of you're on a team and you want to beat LSU. Right. Yeah. And you're a team and there's something yeah. to win. There's right. something to play for. Yeah. I mean, really, this, the hardest part about the minor leagues is that you're really there to uh, move to the next level. It's right, all about that's everybody's. It's, that's like everybody's. A, it's like showcase youth baseball now. It's kind of like <laughs> I played well when I actually focused on beating the other team. 
Okay. That makes yeah, that, that's, but that's that's competitive. That's being competitive and not being over analytic about right. what am I doing? What can I do better and stuff? And then being upset that I struck out because maybe a scout saw me. It's I want to be upset when I strike out because I just let my team down. Right. And in college, I could there was still that in mm-hmm. high school for sure. There was yeah, that. of course there's but that. When I yeah. got the pro ball, it was all about me. It, it was all in my own head. Yeah, that's what everyone is. But that's what yeah. I've heard. I've heard that from multiple guys. Like, I have some friends that are now still in, like, double-A places, yeah, single-A, a and triple-A. Yeah, and they're like, it's it's just tough because it's no longer, like, you know, the camaraderie of, like, oh, but you get that in the big leagues, obviously. It's a yeah. different it's a different or, like experience, but, like, you're not really playing well, for much, but That's why the most mentally yourself. tough yeah. people make it because yeah. it is – that is all mental. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of guys with the physical tools, but when you get to the mm-hmm. minor leagues, it's like you got to be able to – progress learn yeah. and let things go and there's not the motivation and excitement of winning i'm sure it comes up here and there yeah, you yeah. know but like it's you kind of always know that like this doesn't mean anything it's it just, doesn't really mean it's, anything it's except me. what is my yeah. performance you know mm-hmm. and that's um that's tough that's it's that's t- tough a hard environment to play in yeah, so for hard. me i was like it, it was fun to arrive and to be there and to have earned the ability you were to still do there it, it never yeah. really fit my mentality very well <laughs> And that's, I was but like yeah. sitting around during the day in hotels and playing cards is not my jam. That's not fun. Yeah. Like I got to be making stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was also very like, it just gave me too much time to think about my performance. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, so um, anyway. And what years? And what years were those? What oh, we're not going to talk about that. No year. No. no, no I have years. a good sense of people having no idea about how <laughs> old I am or not. So we're going to keep Fair it. Fair enough. Way. We'll keep it that way. That works. My roommate was Jimmy Rollins. Put it yeah. that way. Jimmy Rollins is a legend. How was how was how did how was that how was he how was he's that awesome. like he's one of those guys that he's one of the smoothest he came out of high I've school. ever seen. Well, he was he was not good coming out of high school in terms of really. Look, I had been in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, and I came. You played some pretty there. some pretty. You know, yeah, I'd seen some really good ball players, mm-hmm. really polished ball players. Yeah, and then he and in pro ball, I happened to be on the same team as him because they kind of moved him up. Yeah, quick, and he was only 17, 18 years old, and he was just. He's a raw, just yeah. super raw, right? Yeah. And he's so small. Like, he comes up to my chin, and I'm not a tall guy. And yeah. Well, roving scouts, I remember, I'll never forget, he was in there kind of hanging out with us. And we were like, well, what's with Jimmy? Why is he a first-round pick? And they're like, he's going to develop power. And we're like, what? You're crazy. Sure. He's five, six, seven. Like, <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, yeah. you know, like probably six years later, MVP, 26 home runs. So Dude, it's He was crazy. a monster, yeah. It's, you know, scouts it's crazy what they see it's crazy what they whatever like some little flash and they're like yeah right and there, then there it is through repetition i mean he, he was incredible in field yeah, he was good but when i saw him at 17 they used to move me to shortstop and move him to second to, to punish him <laughs> like he'd make too many that errors is wild like, well, we're gonna move ben over and piss you off i was like hey but what about me <laughs> you know he's gonna be pissed off at you right <laughs> no he's actually like one thing i'll say about jimmy is like he was one of those guys, so nice, so cool, so down to earth. Like he want you wanted him to make it. Right. Yeah. He's he one of those guys you just root for. You want him to win. I kept up with him, like watched every step of the way to see where he progressed to, and it was like one of those things. I was never. I was like, wait, oh, that's awesome, man! Like, yeah, he's such a good guy. Yeah. And he worked his butt off for it. So absolutely, that's the kind of guy that you want to see. You want to win. It, you want yeah. him to make it. Yeah. So, so your time ends in pro ball. Was there any? And I know you said at the same time, you know, your jock friends never saw it. Yeah, but you are you're always designing, making art, doing stuff like that. Did it just was it just like no question? Like I don't whether they cut you, they didn't. Were you kind of like I don't want to do this? I'm ready to like kind of explore other yeah, options. Yeah, I think and, and I was that. so stressed out from I had to hold it together mentally throughout the college so hard. Mm-hmm. Like it was, yeah. I think I think when pro ball, I mean I I tore my rotator cuff. I was supposed to go get surgery. They cut me a week before, 
So I was like, wow. okay, am I going to go pay for my own surgery? Yeah. Like it was in a way I was glad I was hurt because mentally it, it told me it's just time to quit. Yeah. Yeah. And I also remember thinking like, I do have something else that I'm passionate about. Whereas right. most guys aren't they lucky enough yeah. to have that. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much clean. I mean, I missed baseball immensely for a couple of years. Um, like really bad because I miss that competitive. Right. Yeah. Like being in the. In I think the everyone game. goes through that little period yeah, where like they're you, like, you experience yeah. a small death. Yeah. And um, but I put that competitive nature into what I was doing. It's a totally different type of of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But like I, I did put that same kind of work ethic and competitiveness into art and design, and I started my own you know design firm, and that was plenty to keep me occupied. And yeah. Then, but honestly, about age twenty six, twenty seven. Someone asked me to come play like adult baseball down here. Yeah, yeah. Rishon Park. We have an old minor league park. Yeah. With bat league. And it was like almost like a college league. Mm-hmm. I played that till I was 39 years old. Really? And it was like a Sunday league? So, no, well, it was a little bit more than that. I yeah. probably played like 50, 60 games a year. Oh, crap. But like I treated it like golf. Yeah. Like I would show up 10 minutes before the game, get loose, play. play, have fun, not yeah. be too serious, not but but good enough to get that yeah. competitive thing out. That's that's where I'm at right now. I with, did that forever. Yeah. And and honestly, it's like your ego has to be okay with it because there were a lot of my buddies that played pro ball that were like, I ain't doing that. I'm they like, can't let it go. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, okay, cool. But it's fun. I'm telling you, if you can have the right attitude about it, it's fun. It's funny that you bring that up because I have, you know, Right now, I play in a league, and we just like we used to. Play, it's called Sunday League, but it's like yeah. very much a college league. Like yeah. me and I have all, our f- team is full of ex D two D one athletes, yeah. and we all play, and we kind of smash everyone because we have d- dudes that yeah. also run it up to like ninety three, ninety four. It's yeah. ridiculous, and we kind of moved into another league. But it does take a special person to like once you're done playing at like a really high level. Yeah, it takes you either a long time to kind of come to terms with like okay, that aspect of my life is over, yeah. and now I can just kind of like have fun with it. And it took me. Six years to get to that point. Because yeah. for a while, it was like, I don't even want to play this anymore. There's you no check point. your yeah. ego in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, to me, what I realized is like, wow, this feels like when I was playing when I was 12, yes. when I actually did it because mm-hmm. that was fun. Because it was fun, yeah. And that was the point to play was that it was mm-hmm. fun. And I actually played, I mean, I probably got to be a much better baseball player through my 30s <laughs> because yeah. I had a better attitude yeah. about doing it. And there's no there's no pressure. You're just yeah. performing. And You're then there was plenty. I mean, we I mean, we had a league, right? So we wanted to win the league. It was yeah. fun, but there was always a line you knew not to cross. Yeah, it was like, like too, too serious. serious. Yes, you know, and yeah. there was days where I got a little too serious. People do. But, I mean, it's hard, right? It's hard. When that competitive you know, gene never leaves. Yeah. But I but loved you keep it. I loved check. it. Um, yeah, I I didn't stop playing until I started having kids, and I was like, I probably should spend time with my kids. That's what I should do <laughs> at this point. You know, so smart. I think that was, I think that was a smart way to move, right? That, you know, so. So all that happens, and you said you had a design firm. So what was that design firm? What were y'all designing? That wasn't this, right? I'm assuming. No. So that I have a design firm, still to this day, called One Fast Buffalo. Okay. Well, that's your your Instagram handle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So One Fast Buffalo is my design firm, and we did a lot of things. We built websites back in the day and all that kind of stuff. But really, what we got good at was branding. So right. someone would say, "Hey, we've got a product, or we've got a new company. We don't know what to call it, and we don't know what it looks like." Yeah. And that was our job is to give it like an identity. Right. Right. So yeah. branding is kind of a hard thing to branding is tough. People, mm-hmm. people describe it different ways. I like the word identity mm-hmm. and personality yeah. and, and message. So like, um, that's what we got good at. Right. And I do still like two or three projects a year. Now it's like the side hustle. Yeah. It's yeah. Like yeah. A, just a little break from war stick, yeah. but war stick was actually a fun side project for me. It was a fun side branding project without a client. Yeah. Like, long time ago like 10 yeah. 11 years ago so but i was like i can take all the things that i've learned from doing client work and maybe i could apply it to a brand of my own right um 
and and that's kind of how that happened. You right. Know? So okay. branding is is definitely how I cut my teeth. I mean, I learned through experience. Yeah. What seriously. works, what doesn't, why brands work, why they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of got to the point. Well, I was a little burned out working with clients, mm-hmm. admittedly, because as an artist, there's a little bit of like. I wish someone wouldn't tell me their opinion of it, and I wish they wouldn't suggest anything. Yeah, because it changes your opinion on it when you make it, yeah. But I did a lot of things that are like 95% my idea, mm-hmm. but there was always 5% That little bit that you, they want you to put, that has, has to be in that part. Yeah, right? like yeah. we need it to be purple, and I was like, honestly, purple shouldn't exist. Um, yeah. But you know that I just wanted that, right? Oh, I don't have, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll piece right, it so together. I got, a, no I got a new one started. All right, so there we go. Good, my bad. Perfect. No, you're good, dude. Don't worry about touch. it. <laughs> you're fine, dude. That, there's no pressure on any of this stuff. So, so you have the design firm and you're doing all that. You're getting burnt out. When, when did, when, cause obviously I saw like looking at your Instagram, you're always doing outdoor stuff. I know you live, you did you live in that, in that Rover for a while? Yeah. I got, or was really, that kind of something about the time did? I got really burned out from client work? Yeah. 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a big old office with like 20 people in it downtown okay. and I had the whole agency thing with like mm-hmm. a guy skateboarding around and we yeah. thought we were really cool and all that kind of stuff. And Innovative. I, yeah. As the economy was crashing, yeah, you know, I got the idea that it might be good to not only downsize, but like really just flip. I actually started working. I, I, I took the whole company mobile, like virtual remote working in 2008, which is really? a long time ago compared to when COVID. So that is very COVID different back it. then. That didn't yeah. even exist. I mean, it was starting to come out like co-working a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, yeah. But it was very edgy and alternative to yeah. do. But to me, it sounded like an opportunity to get out and do the outdoor stuff that mm-hmm. I never got to do as yeah. much as I wanted because of baseball. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got rid of the office and I bought like a 58 Airstream and refurbished it. And my kids were really young at the time, like two, four, six years old. Mm-hmm. And we started spending like, I mean, I would say five to six months of the year out living in the trailer. Yeah. And I mean, trips or we wouldn't come home for two months at a time. That's awesome. And it really changed my life and my perspective and my um, really my creativity went up much better because I was seeing more things. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sitting in the same environment all the time. Yeah. And then my kids were really close because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We all know how to fly fish and surf because we all learn together. Yeah. Um, And they're also very independent, like take care of themselves kids because Mm -hmm. when you're living like in that kind of road environment, you have to, yeah, you just learn how to take care of yourself and help and, teammates and like okay when we get to camp this is my job yeah. and like they're just more i don't know they i didn't baby and protect them like yeah overprotect them i just, guess is the word you just know? let them deal with it yeah yeah and so like my my oldest kid is in college now and it's like i don't i'm like he's he could be he's ready to go work like yeah he's, he's ready to he's ready to go yeah. there's there's no ba- there's no kind of like trial period where he doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't know how to take yeah. care of himself like a lot of like my sister just like it's crazy my sister just went to college two years ago and I remember getting over there. She's living. She was living with one of her friends, and like her mom was like having to give her a list of like how to take care of herself. Yep. And I was like, yeah. "That's ridiculous! Like you're 18 years old, you should be able yeah. to handle it's certain learned, things." It's a yeah. learned behavior. Yeah, exactly. So how like, to take there's care of there's a subtle art to as a parent. <laughs> I still got a long ways to go. I still have a 14 year old, but like, <laughs> I think you have to. You never are. You never. You always want to protect them, but you got to fight it to a certain you point find so that, that they that can medium, build a yeah. build up a resilience to yeah. things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, my wife's also awesome, so I can't take <laughs> all the credit. I could probably take like ten percent of the credit. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that she makes was sense. cool enough to actually go along with doing that kind of. Yeah, thing that's too, you know? that's so, super interesting. So, yeah. so you live? How long were you? So you guys would just go out and then obviously come back, go out yeah. and then come and back. Actually, I started Warstick from 
From the trailer? From the trailer. That is so awesome. And the whole concept at first was trying to build a little online business that could just, you know, where someone could order a product and would drop ship, Mm -hmm. you know, really simple. So you'd get on the website, you would design your custom bat, it would get made, it would get shipped to you. Yeah, yeah. And, And that way, and back then for sure, for about five years, six years, I would fund my travels with that money because yeah. um, I, it was only me. Mm-hmm. So I'd make a little bit of a profit and I'd take that money and I'd put that into our travels. That's yeah. what we paid for food and gas mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So for a long time, I mean, a good five, maybe six years, I, I always thought of Warstick as just a fun side hustle art project kind of thing. Absolutely. To fund and buy diesel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. It's like, but that's what you love to do, right? Yeah. So it's just fueling. And I was more, like, that's I couldn't believe that anybody bought a bat the first time. So really, I was like, this is a success, and this is like a nice little side hustle, another thing, side, hustle, side right? hustle. But yeah. it took me about 2015. I kind of looked up and I was like, okay, it's it's kind of what else? It, it's either like, is this all it's going to be, mm-hmm. or should it be should more? It be more, yeah. And um, I went through a period of figuring out: should I just quit? Should I sell it? Mm-hmm. Um, or should I grow it? Yeah. And, um, I feel like with the name, like how did, before we get into that, where yeah, did the yeah. name come from? Worst. Uh, I mean, one is kind of obviously worst living, right? right? But it's like, worst I'm as a branding person, I'm good at smashing words that didn't fit together before and making them into a new yeah. word. So yeah. like, um, the feeling of it, I knew instantly, like I wanted it to have an energetic name yeah. that the good thing I did play when I played against you is I would, I would play to beat you. Yeah. Now, I didn't end up beating myself later on, <laughs> but right there was that like you know when you're when you're at your best on the field like you're playing all out you're just mm-hmm. in it yeah you know what I mean I'm like absolutely and there's really no more serious word in the world than war war yeah like it's it's pretty serious yeah yeah um and it was like warrior I was playing with words and you know stick I remember there was an old brand like when I was a kid and it had stick in the name mm-hmm. but with a CK yeah. So it was like warriors and stick, and it was basically just warriors and warrior stick. Yeah, and that's what I when I, that's what I had originally thought it was. Yeah, it's a stick for a warrior. It's yeah. warrior stick. It's his. It's personal to him. It's an important part of his being and his personality. Mm-hmm. And um, but the branding thing has taken the K off mm-hmm. because then <coughs> it's a totally new. Now word. it's fresh and it looks it's cool. fresh. It's, it's a new unique, word and yeah. it even it just goes beyond <coughs> being literal mm-hmm. and being like a new thing. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of the trick. And then. So it kind of came organically through just my process of grinding and thinking things out. And I got, I still have like a um, piece of paper where I wrote all the different possibilities out and stuff, like the really bad names. Did you frame that? It's actually on my Instagram account. Is it? Oh, I'll have to go look at it then. I must have missed that one. It's maybe like 20 posts back. You'll there's a little thing that is where so, I did. you know what I think I might have seen it. I was actually, just, I was kind of celebrating it. the fact that it's 12 years old now. Yeah, and looking back and going, wow, this is crazy that it Blossom started with this dumb little yeah. idea. You know yeah. what I mean? That's and wild. I, but then it, you know it started. To, but that but that was the, the you know the basis for the name was that the name alone should have an energetic, attractive mm-hmm. you know thing that people respond to. Yeah, you know like, I love hey, the, like I love most the hitters grit, know. Yeah. Like, dude, when I'm out there hitting, like, you got to be in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. just passively hit. Yeah. It's impossible. It's yeah. not, you can't do it. It's like, it, like, I've, I've always told kids, like, cause I coach too, obviously I coach middle school kids and I tell them, it's like, when you go to play, it's like, you're going to war with the, like, you two are yeah. going at it. Like yeah. y'all are one v battling it out. Yeah. One v one. Like that's, but like the war yeah. stick just embodies that whole, yeah. that whole thing, man. It's yeah. like insane. 
So, so when you hit that point and you said, oh, you're going to sell it, you were going to grow it, or you're just going to end it completely. What, what was the thought process to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to grow this. Well, the, yeah, I haven't told that story publicly a lot. Uh, without saying names, mm-hmm. one of the bigger brands offered, to I, someone introduced me to one of the bigger brands and my yeah. current CEO and they, mm-hmm. they kind of said, Hey, we, yeah, we would buy this, which was one option because mm-hmm. at the time I was like, that could be a pretty good amount of money mm-hmm. just for this little stupid thing. Yeah, I yeah. Created. But where he lost me was, I said, okay, if I sell to you guys, what will I do? Like, what will my job be? And they were like, you'd be out. Yeah. And I I basically got up in a nice way and I walked out <laughs> because it, I'm yeah. like, okay, now you just told me that you're threatened by me. Yeah. That you're th- that this could be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just going to kill it. Yeah. And it instantly motivated me to, to go yeah. actually do the hard work of turning it into like a real company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> That's awesome, and man. And so it was cool because it was very clear. Like, it was yeah. an instant reaction. Yeah, like, it was like, okay, was now like, I know what I'm ah, doing. Ah, thank you and bye. <laughs> um, That's awesome. And um, in a lot of ways today, like, um, we're doing better than that brand. Yeah. Um, so, and, but that's how life works. And you, the listener, you don't. But, like, yeah. that led me down the road of, okay, I'm going to do this. I need help. I need money. Because mm-hmm. I needed money to have time to really spend full time. Which any business, right? Yeah. That yeah. So sense. we raised, you know, so we raised about, a, I mean, this isn't, this is on stories on the internet. I mean, we raised about a million dollars. We were very small. Yeah. Like, we, our sales were like $200,000 a year. Okay. Like a little hobby. Yeah. Raised a million dollars from um, my current, still current business partner, Ian Kinsler, ex, ex-MLB, Texas yeah. Rangers Hall of Fame guy. All, all star, yeah. this rock star guy named Jack White of the White Stripes. So I had these, all of a sudden, these really two interesting business partners. I had a million bucks and no plan. <laughs> how I mean, did, how? Because you realize just having a million dollars in the bank yeah. doesn't mean you have a business plan for how to, where's it going, where to grow. The only thing that we knew back then was, part of it was, we wanted to see if we could cross over into metal bats mm-hmm. because everybody told us, you can't. It's too big. It's too expensive. Really? It's too complex. Oh, yeah. It is a very big barrier of entry for that brand, yeah. but... Was so something it's a was totally something different game than what? Oh yeah, but, but was you something can't as, just do it yourself. You've no. got to get manufacturers. Oh to, yeah, um, that's a whole to work with you and believe in you. And so the hardest part was kind of getting started and things like that. But I mean, that was really from a business planning standpoint. The only real plan was at least see if we can get into metal bats because if we do that, there's a lot bigger world out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and kind of use people telling us we can do it as motivation as well. And <laughs> Admittedly, the first metal bats that we came out with in probably 2016-ish. Yeah. They weren't bad, but they weren't good. Right. They were just right. good old solid one piece. Piece of metal. Here you go. Yeah. I mean, they would yeah. hit bombs. Yeah. You could swing them. <laughs> but that was yeah. the starting point. Yeah. And it yeah. actually led to uh, someone at the biggest supplier in the world mm-hmm. actually saw our brand mm-hmm. out in the wild and said, hey, this metal bat sucks, but <laughs> this brand is really cool. Yeah. So they then approached us and said, hey, we would like to make your metal bats. Give it, Yeah, give us a chance. You and have when we kind of figured out that they were the biggest supplier in the world, we're like, okay. Of course, yeah. So we kind of earned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They reached out to us, and then that's been amazing. Like, our, our brats every year, now we're on this path to, like, just continually improving. And mm-hmm. I would say, like, probably in the last two years, like, we've really emerged as, like, you know, like, from a – performance standpoint we're as good as anybody yeah yeah despite who's ranked one four three seven or ten mm-hmm. as we all know is the yeah. thing right now mm-hmm. um we like we have bb core bats as good as you can make them mm-hmm. because there's only it's a box like you know they're very constricted yeah 
Um, but we made it more about once we got to where we could, okay, we knew we could make the bats as hot, quote unquote, as everybody else. As you can, yeah. But it's like, well, what's the feel? Because that only, because other than your brand and the name and the look of the bat, the only thing that distinguishes bats apart at a certain point in that upper echelon is the feel. Right. You know, so that we really try to focus on how the bat feels when you swing well, it and that's, stuff like that. That's really what makes a metal bat. It's not really how, because they all have to perform to the exact specification. So it's not really anything about how powerful they are. It's how they yeah. feel. That's the parents still don't understand. No, that. they have no idea. That's yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, part of it is just, you know, when here at headquarters, you can come in and try the metal bat. So we deal with parents a mm-hmm. lot. And it's like, we try to say, Hey, look, we've got four distinct metal bats, bone saber, bone saber, hybrid gunner, uh, Warhawk three. They all hit hard. Yeah. But they're all different feels for different players. Mm-hmm. So you got to figure out what kind of player is your kid. Exactly. And the reality is the best bat for him is the one he hits the ball hardest with most of the time. Because that's the goal in baseball. Yeah. Hit, yeah. The hard, hit, hit, hit the ball hard as much. Every single time, yeah. As, most, as much as you can. If you want to sacrifice hitting a lot and you want to hit some homers, yeah, you could you could make that choice, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend it because I like winning. Yeah. You know, um, but it's it's we've really tried to develop like a metal bat arsenal that's like, diverse yes so like if you want to if you want to hit a heavy and loaded bat and you're big enough and strong enough to swing it we have that the gunner yeah we have the gunner and like um i would say the commonality between anyone that swings a gunner metal bat a uh, bb core is they're strong <laughs> yeah i honestly they're, strong. I, they're just strong i couldn't swing that one yeah, full like to the and i know i said it on our review when we did it i was like this bat is just very much an unloaded bat and i'm just not yeah. that kind of hitter so yeah, it didn't yeah, yeah. speak to me you know yeah. but it still felt good it just was like it's it wasn't where i was hitter. yeah and that's good the point the like it's not intended yeah. to be the one that the reality is most hitters um high school you know ninth tenth grade especially they're small guys. Yeah. They haven't, they don't mm-hmm. have their full adult weight yet. They're just small people. Mm-hmm. They're not big yet. They haven't filled out. Mm-hmm. So light, it makes sense that, especially over the last few years, that as, as bat reviewers have been more the thing, mm-hmm. they've kind of actually more than anything discovered that there's more hitters out there that need lightweight bats. Mm-hmm. That's, it's not so much, oh, this bat's great. I think that's the big thing that was kind of revealed and started a trend towards BB core bats being as light as you can make them and still hit the ball hard. Yeah. So like bone sabers that is on that extreme mm-hmm. end, and then hybrids one step up from that, and then the warhawks one step up from that, and, and then the gunner is like, yeah. if you can handle the gunner, do it. <laughs> Problem is, the biggest thing we deal with is like the U triple S A versions of all those bats are different beasts altogether. Yeah, that's a whole nother. So like the deal. gunner U triple S A bat is a really light swinging bat. It's not like that, but that's that's why marketing is hard. Yeah. Well, I feel like the BB core is what everyone's like. Any bat company strives. The BB core has to be your the main one, and then the rest are just marketing strategies to to sell those bats. Yeah. Would it not be that way? Because because the, the BB core will hold the true. It does work that way. Like yeah. it's, it's trickle down thing. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is, you sell more USA bats than anything right. because there's yeah. more kids playing USA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you sell next. You sell more U triple bats yeah. than anything. Mm-hmm. Think about all the kids you knew when you were seven, eight, nine, ten years old that never played high school ball. Yeah. By the time you get to high school, it's a much smaller pool of people. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. So you can sell a lot of BB Core bats, but there's a lot more USA kids and USA kids. Double the kids that are playing. So, yeah. absolutely. You know, um, that's kind of the complexity of the, the business that, that you're always dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, is that yeah. the big, the bat reviewers focus on the BB Core 98% yeah. of the time. Yeah. Um, that, but that's I, not the biggest yeah. part of your sales. No. It's no. just not. It so, can't be. No. That's um, we're trying to think out. You know, we're always thinking about what kind of where our bats are going and and 
you know, trying to have the right comp. It would we're trying to be better about that. Our BB Core version of something is more like our U Triple S A version, mm-hmm. so the same selling points carry across. It's harder to do than you think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's where we're trying to get, and so we're making some steps and some new things towards that direction. Yeah. So before we, because I still have lots of questions about the I'm products good, themselves. This is great because I don't have to work. Yeah, this is <laughs> me too, right? But. So how did so I know like you said you had you have two other crazy business partners Jack White and Ian Kinzer how did that they're not like mentally insane though no they're most of they're the just time. they're very unique they're, they're yeah they're great people you know I've been a fan of Ian Kinsler since he was t- like when he first rose in Texas that yeah. was like when I was like oh shit Ian Kinsler's yeah. awesome and then to the Red Sox the Tigers I, I followed him all the way through Jack White with the White Stripes how did like that no offense to you guys that's just such a random array of guys it really is it's truly like you have a musician a pro ball guy and then like an artist yeah that came together and formed this great brand how did that happen i mean in hindsight it's not weird we fit together like a glove in my opinion but how it came together in my opinion is because obviously obviously it worked right y'all obviously gelled and y'all came on so it it works it does it's not as random as you would think but if you look from the outside looking in it's like three guys from three different scopes is why it looks different yeah like and the fact that they would even pay attention to me is the most weird thing <laughs> of it all. But, like, from a rational standpoint, if you think about Warstick, it's really two things. It's 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 cool design and aesthetic and, mm-hmm. and vibe. Mm-hmm. That's Jack White. Yes. It's creativity inserted into baseball. Mm-hmm. That's Jack White. Mm-hmm. On the other side, it's high-performance baseball sporting goods. That's Kinsler. Ian Kinsler. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and the battle and the grit and the mentality. Ian is, when I met him. He's a grinder. Yeah. I just knew, I was like, this is the guy. Like, when you show kids what a Warstick player is, mm-hmm. who believes in his own abilities and is okay with failure and moving on and just always trying to beat you, Yeah, this guy, I mean, he is that. And even outside of baseball, like, when we have bad days here, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, it's a business, so you're always going to have, oh, yeah. man. Up oh, this, yeah. oh, what You know, something's always going on. Something's like, wrong, yeah, something happens. Yeah. He, when we get kind of stressed out, Ian's the youngest one of us all far but he's the one that comes in and kind of settles everybody down and keeps you like it's good we'll be good we'll be all right yeah take your time Mm -hmm. like he's that veteran in the locker room kind of guy so those two guys as business partners make sense to me and then i'm kind of like i don't want to say glue but like i'm an in-between of those you know i was a baseball player i'm an artist so like i can Mm -hmm. see both ways i can kind of see both and i can kind of make those things work together Mm -hmm. um but how i actually met them kind of still trips me out because really? it's yeah. I can't explain it other than somewhere between universal forces and religious experience mm-hmm. of having the universe find it you know yeah. I didn't really all I did is say hey I want to find some investors yeah that's it and I, mean, I created enough that you could kind of see it mm-hmm. but my high school drummer had met a guy who knew Ian mm-hmm. a, a week before I met Ian and just randomly wow. ran into him and he said hey would you want to meet Ian Kinsler and I was like I guess so why not yeah and then clicked. And then Jack had found us on the internet because he was Googling like design and baseball and all of a sudden <laughs> it kind of makes sense that we came up. Yeah. And his company had reached out about doing like some cool promotional bass or something like that. And I happened to mention that to Ian when he was playing at the Tigers at the time. And Jack mm-hmm. is the biggest Tigers fan of all time. Yeah. And he's a fan of Ian. And it just so happened that Ian had met Jack a couple of times and kind of knew him and had his, had his um, you know, had his phone number or not his phone number, his email address. Yeah. So like I said, to have, and then I kind of joked with him, like, hey, let's make Jack the big investor. He, he, and then we kind of looked at each other like, why not? <laughs> yeah, but like, in all honesty, right? Try, but like, really? You yeah, get, you know? yeah. And yeah. He, Ian emailed him that night, and then the next day is like, hey, do you want to meet Jack White next week? And 
um, Nashville, and I was like, "Are you? You're serious? Like, like, like for me at that time, I had you know, I was as star-eyed as anybody else. And, yeah. Um, but like, I walked into Jack's office with Ian, and like from the instant he said, "Hey Ben," like I just liked the guy. Yeah. I felt like I've known him forever. Yeah. And we clicked, and then we came out of that three-hour meeting, all three of us going like, "Yeah, we're doing this. This is gonna work." Yeah. And so like. It just happened, man. Like, I can't take – I think it's just one of those things about having intuition and you've got to have your eyes open to what the world's trying to – where it's giving you opportunities. Yeah. And you got to have the sense to act on the kind of the crazier things sometimes. So. Yeah, well, it's like intuition. You know when it's like, okay, this is right. We need to, we need to go. And then you have – there's always that feeling when it's like, this is – this is. I'm probably only going. good at intuition. <laughs> That's like my only – my brother – my brother told me that one time. He said, that's your gift. I think you're right. That's, that's kind of what design kind of a compliment, like yeah, yeah. I anticipated if I go down this road right here, it could be something really cool. Yeah, yeah. And you have to trust your gut until it, like, emerges as something that actually feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a lot of bad traits. <laughs> I think everybody does, yeah. But that's one of my good ones, I think. So <laughs> um, it's never that easy. Sometimes things are cloudy. Like, mm-hmm. should I go this way? Should I go that way? But, yeah. you know, like, I love seeing signs and being able to yeah. go on the right tracks. So. yeah. So, um, so, so that, that whole thing happens. And then obviously like there's pictures of, you know, there's a lot of guys. So when was it like, was he, did Ian like take on y'all, y'all started the brand and then he started swinging the bats yeah, or was he Ian, already aware of you guys? Yes, I mean, within, I met Ian in like December, we were partners by the time the season started mm-hmm. and he was swinging the bat all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a big deal for him because I mean, he's a very established four time all-star at that point. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like his reputation is on the line and to his credit, he took a brand new bat into the game. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, I think that was 2016. It's one of his best seasons ever. He hit 28 yeah. homers, wow. hit 287. Yeah, um, and he he just proved that our stuff worked, mm-hmm. and that was that was part of it. There was yeah. a good credibility to that, yeah. and um, that was a good first step as business partners to start to move the brand of up course. to you know a little bit more credibility and stuff like that. So that yeah, he 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 swung the bat. Um, he got he actually got the first hit over third base, like a little line drive. Yeah. And then his second at bat, he hit a homer. First, first game, he, it was, Couldn't mean, his have wife called me, his wife test called me as he was rounding second. And was, she was so happy, like just freaking out, you know, because yeah. for her, everybody was like, this is so cool. Like, yeah, yeah. Who we just did, like, yeah. look what's happening, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think you could have drawn that up any better. Nah, it was awesome. He's two for two in his first game with a, with a, yep. With a war stick bat. Yep. And I'm assuming that probably, you know, y'all got Miggy swinging those too, right? Yeah, so and then things progressed. Like, yeah. Ian was not the type. He would never go to a teammate in the locker room and be like, hey, hey try to swing my bat. Like, yeah. That's just not Ian. No. Ian's just going to do his thing, hit, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, one day later in that season, Miggy walked up to him, and Ian kind of described what happened. I wasn't there, but he yeah. was like, hey, man, uh, this bat's good. <laughs> and uh, Ian's like, Ian's real not. I can see Ian doing. He's like, yeah, they're, they're good, man. Yeah, he's but very not like. Hey, do you want to try them? Yeah, didn't say anything. He's like, yeah, yeah. they are good. And then he, Miggy comes back. He goes, well, do you think I could try them? <laughs> <laughs> like, can I swing? Because big leaguers are used to the opposite, yeah. like people hounding them about mm-hmm. swinging their bats. Yeah, so yeah. we kind of take the opposite approach. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let it's like let them come to you. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah. a little bit more quality. Let the kind of guys that fit the brand come to us. Yes. Thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think we've got. 40, 50 Miggy homers under our belt, which is cool. There you go, like, yeah. And he's he's <coughs> very fun to work with and just, like... He just seems like a fun guy. You. He just seems like a fun dude. Yeah, he just If every kid awesome. could meet Miggy and realize how much fun he pl- he 
has playing the game and yeah. why that's so much a part of being a warrior. Mm-hmm. It, I could bottle it up. But yeah. Um, he really does. Mm-hmm. It's like he's got you can just tell. Game. Yeah, he's just having a blast yeah. every, every day. Even he's when he's slumping, he can smile about oh, yeah. it. He can, he, can, he can goof around and all that. But then, you know, like his craft of hitting, like we try to teach kids to be complete hitters. You know, mm-hmm. like the idea that being one-dimensional is not really yeah. the thing you want to be. You want right. to be able to – the best way you can help your team. I mean, you have your talents. You're a power hitter. You're this and that. But, like, you know, when it comes time to, like, shoot a ball through the four hole and score a guy from third, mm-hmm. Biggie can do it Yeah, on call. Yeah. But he can also hit it 500 feet. <laughs> so I yes, respect him as a hitter because he does all of those things. Mm-hmm. And it's really boring to me when someone's the other type, when they're just the one dimension – Baseball is very important. A lot of times the guys that are one dimension don't make it very far. Yeah. That's the truth. We're going through this period, and I think it's coming. It's, it's kind of starting to turn, but we've gone through this period of, like, how hard can we throw? How far can we hit the ball? And people are starting, you know, that's why we're seeing the changes in the game because the game got so boring. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so now you're having to entertain people through all these gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And if you just leave baseball alone and let the whole game be played. Thank you. It's actually pretty cool. Yes, but it is. you don't want to get me on this because this is like a whole oh, different dude. podcast. I, yeah, I've talked to I'll like do it. Hannah over there. I have like rants at times because I'm just yeah. so pissed off at the what they're doing. And yeah. I'm just like, why can't we just play? Why can't we just play baseball? Like it's meant to be played. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest sign is like when you're, when you're trying to take your sport and your game and get it over with faster. That's Like what in your life do you need to get over with faster? Like – I mean, when kids, when, you know, when mom takes you to church, you hate it and you want to get out of there as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. Or, or school. I mean, class. There's all, there's yeah, school. There's, like, yeah, you're just so like, I'm like, think about what you're saying. Like, we want to end this faster. Yeah. Is not a good sign that you're entertaining people in the first yeah. place. And then as much as I respect the Savannah banan- bananas who have created a whole different thing, mm-hmm. they're doing that because the sport has gotten very boring and mm-hmm. that's why they're succeeding. Yeah. So we make a different sport. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if you go to a high school baseball game, say in Texas, mm-hmm. on a Friday night district game, it's and then, hey, if you don't win, you're not going to the playoffs. Yeah, you ought to see us parents how stressed out and and and, and nervous we are, and how much drama exists on every pitch. We don't care how long the game is. No hell, we don't no. want it to end. Yeah, that's why and like I, playoff baseball is so electric yeah, because it's, it's that. Major vibe. League Baseball at its best is when when a game matters. It comes down to that. Like, yeah, do people in the stands care what the result is? If they don't. It's going to be boring. <laughs> Home run's not going to fix that. No. Great play, cool. But, like, Major League Baseball, I think, needs to focus on the real problem, which is the lack of drama in the games, the lack of people caring. Mm-hmm. But it's a hard – I'm not saying I have the answers. No, yeah. Because they make the most money because there's 162 of those games, mm-hmm. not 12. Right. So – I don't know the answer, but I feel like that's the problem. Yeah. And then, you know, I, don't, I think the pitch clock is fine. I don't, I don't care. I mean, it, yeah. it, it keeps the pace up. That's fine. But that's not the real problem. No. It doesn't mean just because the game is fast doesn't mean it's going to be dramatic or that I care about the result. So Very much so. Sorry. Very much so. No, that's, a, that's very much a – like right, right now, like literally I've been like trying to figure out – because, I've you know, I've been trying to get into more videos and talking about the game itself. Yeah. And that's one video that, like, I know, like, people have been asking, like, what's your take? And I just, like, I haven't really figured out a way to, like, in a minute video, because that's what attention spans are these days. You can't go longer because people bore out. It's like, how can I fit my real thoughts, feelings, and how I really want to say this in a minute? And I can't do it yet. I can't. I haven't figured out where I'm at It's a complex. Yes, it is. It's very weird. The reality is, like, I don't think at the core there's anything wrong with the game itself. Mm -hmm. Pitch clock, fine. That's like playing golf. If you're playing golf too slow, yeah, I can kind of drag. Yeah, so the pitch clock, I'm kind of yeah. like, 
okay with. Sure. They're taking it too far, but <laughs> it's more like, why do yeah. people care? Why do they not care? Right. Focus right. on that. And like little things that have happened over the last 10 years, like Ian hates, and I'm right there with him. Like when they took the slide rule out at second where you can't take the guy out. Yeah. You made the game more boring. Mm-hmm. You took out one of the Contact, most beautiful yeah. plays that, you know, I, I remember being a shortstop. I used to love to work on that play where you mm-hmm. get the ball from second yeah. and you would jump in the air and you'd have mm-hmm. to fly over the second. It was a You're beautiful dodging, play. Yeah. Yeah. Same for the second baseman, but that that little aspect is gone. Mm-hmm. Collisions at the plate. We're seeing more guys get hurt by so they stop, yeah. Being, yeah, by like trying not to get hurt and like kind of slide, kind of not break yeah. my leg. And I'm like, and it you causes know, more injury, to, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I sound like old man Jenkins here, but back in the back in the '80s, like we knew how to run over a catcher and yeah. he knew how to take it mm-hmm. where it was a good hard clean play and he either yeah. held onto the ball or not. But no one got really hurt. We got no. bruised, yeah. But, um. I sound really old when I say that. But uh, I just think those little subtractions from the game have hurt the game. Yeah, absolutely. And then the mentality that a home run is the only entertaining thing. And I'm like, well, if you hit 14 home runs in a game, you know what? And it's exciting. It's still boring. Yeah, it's, it's boring. like It's called it home happens. run derby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> happens once a year, right? Strikeouts are boring. And, you know, like um, that's the problem is like I, I don't know that these changes are making them feel more dramatic. And that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> I love MLB. Yeah, and um, but I won't go to a baseball game because I'd rather go watch a high school game or a college game. Yeah, when it like college world series regionals, oh man, the vibes. When you watch an SEC weekend game, every game is like do or die. Because if you lose, one hundred percent. I don't know if we can get this back, and we're not going to make the SEC tournament if we don't that. We're not going to make the. Yeah, I mean, there's something at stake that these guys really care about. Plus, they're only getting one shot at it usually. Not like oh, I can play MLB for ten years, so whatever. It's yeah, just it's, caring. That's yeah, it. It's just the, everything yeah. in life that's good is like when when people care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll move we'll move away from the MLB yeah, talk, talk a little bit because we can talk. That's a whole other conversation. But so so you guys decide to make the brand and y'all are gonna go full force. Was there any like were there people telling you like that's dumb? This is not baseball because it, it very much feels different than your traditional supplier, right? Than anyone else, right? So with right or. With, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew better, honestly, yeah. because I came from branding. We used yeah. to tell clients, like, if you just go copy other people, at best, you're going to be you lose. second or yeah. third. You lose. Yeah. What's the point? Um, Agreed. The deal is to bring something different, a different perspective, a different approach. It's refreshing. And it really is. Yeah. I mean, the hardest thing for us at first was things look so cool, <laughs> um, so say artistic, so colorful, whatever it may be. It was hard to believe, admittedly, that they worked as good as best brands right so it took a few years for those two things to come together but when they did that was kind of the sweet spot Mm -hmm. like um if you could combine high performance stuff with really aesthetically pleasing stuff i mean then you have something new yeah um and now there's a lot of i mean i think the cool thing i mean not not cool for me but there's (laughs) there's some the the aesthetic of baseball has improved Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying I'm not in any way giving us all the credit, but we were part of that movement towards movement, baseball yep. being more stylish. Absolutely. More. Absolutely. Whether it's gloves, whether it's this and that, like we were part of that. I mean, you see, you see when people, you see when your ideas get regurgitated. Yeah. Out you know brands. exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's okay. You have to be okay with that. It's a flattering thing and that you've had an effect on the industry and that's the more important thing and not be so competitive about it, even right. though I kind of am. And as you should be, man, this is well, your baby. It's not. It's not the. It's not that part of it that bothers me. It's that I have so big of an ego as a designer. Yeah. 
like when I design a product and I put it down the market, like I really want it to be a fresh thought. Yeah. So to think the other way and go, this is a trend and to put it out there. I don't know. My brain just doesn't like that because mm-hmm. my, my ego is too big. Yeah. I, I mean, as a designer, my goal is to make art by putting something out there that hasn't been seen before. Right. But it's more complex than that. Like, and sometimes like you could be working on something behind the scenes and then someone else kind of beats you to the punch and it just happens. It's different. Right? Yeah. So a little bit more these days, we're in the business mode of finding products that our, con- our customers want to continually buy. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and you no know, evolving things, but not just changing them. To, I'm not a big, like change them to change them. I mean, yeah. Um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right? Uh, like our batting gloves. No need to change them. They've evolved 10% over the last six years and we sell tons of them. Mm-hmm. But is there, I really took the time in the beginning to design something that no one had seen before. Now that looks pretty prevalent now, <laughs> Yeah, but that's okay. Like you're like, okay, cool. Like you had an effect on your sport. And that's what I like about what we do is that in a small way we're affecting, we're making baseball a little cooler, a little mm-hmm. more stylish, a little, yeah. um, like bringing design to baseball was kind of the idea of the company. Yeah, that's yeah, like <laughs> because everything kind of looked and talked. It was boring. It, it just yeah. was. It just like, but even to this day, like I'll say, like you guys are the most unique brand. I think, like if you walk into our store, at Baseball Express, and you look at their bat roll at the bat wall, you know you've got the traditionals. You got the all the bats look the same, but then you look at Warstick bats, mm-hmm. and they just look different. But they actually do it in the most simple way. Yeah, like if you think about it, I use the least graphics of anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah but I think they stand out. And that's Mm kind of my, I used to say, like, the most amount of impact you could have with the fewest pixels is kind of the goal. Yeah. So kind of a minimalist approach. But, like, if you go too minimal, Mm -hmm. not naming brands, then it it dulls it It has no personality. Yeah. Yeah. And that you can see that in clothing today. There's Mm -hmm. brands like kind of the basics approach. And I'm like, still, branding wins. Personality wins. People need to be attracted to something because of its personality. So it doesn't have... enough personality it's it's worthless yeah it's the only play there is like well it's cheaper than everybody else and you're mm-hmm. like cool actually that humans too. don't want just that mm-hmm. we don't want to say we don't but we want to we're okay paying a little bit more for something that feels more special to us yeah of that's course it's just the reality and that's human nature to be honest with you so yeah um i like that where bats have each distinctive personalities in their own different way but they're all not overdone yes. my goal as a designer is to not overdo things like yeah. i did when i was in my 20s mm-hmm. i don't yeah. show that stuff <laughs> <laughs> so so and then obviously like the bats came in and then we do you have gloves too mm-hmm. so is that something you you took hold to of like designing gloves and, and stuff like gloves? that yeah honestly the fielding gloves um i get some crap for because and i have buddies at other companies um you know like i actually did all the branding for nakona like all the newer okay. branding like that, I designed that's probably the closest i see but just because of the yeah. native feel to it that's the only reason you yeah. have sort of similarities to yeah it. but like I told people for a long time, because I didn't think it made sense, that Warstick will never make fielding gloves because the name is Warstick. Right. I just didn't think it made sense. I mean, it's really it's not a complex thought. Yeah. It's just like I don't think it makes sense. But we had some customers and fans kind of starting to ask for it. And one day I was kind of playing around with, like, just what the wrist strap would look like mm-hmm. with our logo. And I was like, damn, that's clean. That would look pretty cool. <laughs> that would look pretty sick. And yeah. you could see that from a long yeah. way. And I thought, well, let's, let's try it out. Mm-hmm. It's not – the company's doing so great. Like, it's not like we need this to work, but if it did, that'd be a nice little mm-hmm. add-on. Yeah. And because of Ian being so snotty, um, <laughs> and being a gold glover, like, he's like, well, we can't make gloves unless they're really, really good. And I was like, yeah. I agree. So, like, they're made... Because you know, like he, he was a Rawlings guy for a long time. Yeah, he was... Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, actually, he was a Nike guy forever. Like, they Was would, he? Yeah, he was really? one of 12 Nike guys, and they would make oh. his gloves. So, kind of a Mizuno style. Mm-hmm. 
So we kind of went with that Japanese kip. The Japanese kip, yeah. Style mm-hmm. and super hard to break in, but super light. And They're very so stiff. Like, yeah. Once you get them broken, in, they're ready to go. Badass. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like uh, we don't try to go too far out of our zone with the gloves, but it's like it's like if you're a war stick guy and you want a glove, this is what we'll it make is. it happen. Yeah. And like when we sponsored Missouri this year, um, part of the deal was they would use the gloves. Mm-hmm. And we even said, hey, like, you know, if you're shortstop, your catcher, your super picky guys aren't ready for that, it's fine. Mm-hmm. We're not going to freak out. Well, yeah. they all use it. Do they really? So it's a huge, yeah. So it's I knew they were really turning those bats because they're, they're yeah. posting all the time. The yeah, no, they're, every they're a good club this year. I mean, I've seen a couple gloves here and there pop in, but like, they're all war stick fielding gloves out there in the SEC, which is a cool statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. bats, bats, batting gloves, and, and and fielding gloves. Yeah, and then next year we'll have um, we'll come out with our first helmet. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah, so, um, we've been working on that. Yeah, and you know your arm pads, and even though I make fun of people that wear arm pads, because I'm like, why don't you just take it like a man? Oh, but I've done that I'm one. Just yeah, no. you need it help when no. when the ball's above ninety, you need to elbow no, guard. Just messing. So no, we're making, you know, we're gonna make some protective gear and things <laughs> like that, and at that point, we'll kind of be head that's toe sick. for the player. Yes, so. that is sick. Well, head toe. Are you doing cleats too? Cleats and footwear? Okay, head to ankle. There we go. Okay. I, I think, was gonna say, I wait think a minute. I've done some special collab shoes and mm-hmm. stuff, like battle cleats and stuff. But well, I've like, seen the, the turfs out there yeah. and the the shoes, the flip flops. Cool. Yeah, they look. They're sick. more specialty products, but I think yeah. I think I think we're head to ankle. Are there shoes in the future? You think? Maybe? I don't know. I mean, we have the manufacturing capability. As I was gonna say, now, yeah. But, um, I think that might be more under the category of as we get into the new sports that we're working on, mm-hmm. like pickleball, golf. Yeah. Um, even lacrosse has special kind of shoes they wear. Like it could be more of a thing that we find a shoe that is multi-sport mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. That makes sense, but like, no. So we the got bigger and bigger fish. Bigger, oh, I'm sure there's yeah, you got you got to keep to the what's working for you right before you go too crazy. So I know you said that you do. I, I saw that you have arrows, right? Mm-hmm. So do you, are you a bow hunter? Do you do stuff like that? Is that your niche? I'm a niche fly, I'm like, an you're a fly fisher. Yeah, I yeah. bow hunted a little bit. I'm from Texas. It's like yeah. part of our yeah. upbringing. Um, and a lot of baseball players, even some of my major leaguers, um, like bow hunting is a thing they do in the off season because mm-hmm. I think it's a thing they go do to clear their mind. Yeah. Um, so there's a good crossover, and I mean, one of the, I mean, I'll say it, like, all the respect in the world, Easton actually started as an aero company, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't realize that. They forget that they're big in hockey, too. A lot of times yeah. they don't know that but, either. But Mr. Easton, like, archery was what it was. Isn't that mm-hmm. crazy to think? Yeah. Um, so it's not the craziest thing ever. So um, anything, like, where we're evolving is the idea is, you know, keep, keep innovating in baseball, mm-hmm. take it as seriously as we ever did, but we're expanding our kind of operations behind the scenes to have more people to focus on other sports and bring that same mentality to any sport that uses a stick yeah which is pretty broad across golf hockey everything yeah fishing fishing and hunting um but really pickleball has been one of the hot new fast Mm -hmm. ones that's really jumps quick and then um but the cool the cool thing about the the cool thing about the pickleball thing is like they're so wide that you have like a lot of design Oh yeah, uh, I have there's a lot, a lot of areas you can. Yeah, yeah, it's like you sure. can do all kinds of stuff on there. I mean, it's all the same form. I mean, a metal bat designing and the look of a metal bat. Now the technology is different, but the look of these things I can do in my sleep almost because <laughs> Warstick is such an aesthetic that knows yeah. what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you let it almost form itself. But you know, I'll divert. I'm like, hey, you know what? Pickleball's for. F- it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more. Fun. It doesn't have to be so serious. Yeah, like, it's not so quite. So I let gritty. the fun yeah. side come out a little bit more in pickleball. Yeah, because I'm like, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's like. But it's not as – so it's a little bit more fun than what we do in baseball. Mm-hmm. But um, that's because that's what that team calls.
yeah. it still doesn't divert from what we're sticking with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it, man. I'm that makes sense. Do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> you got to find that fine line where you don't want to be too much. Like, it's too much. Like, all right, that's enough. I'm tired of seeing it. Yeah, like, like swag's not my favorite word. Like, <laughs> drip. I mean, a lot of that stuff ends up being, I could use words like, God. It gets kind of cringe, yeah. Or you're just cringe, like, yeah. It's cringe like, for what my kids say. Yeah, cringe. Or, uh, I, like I said, I just, I have a, design's tough. It's a very subjective thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, very but much it's not so. not really. <laughs> good taste. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, so I have to ask. So, you have a, all your clothing is awesome. I actually have. I got a shirt from you guys at the at the Texas show. But y'all's clothing. Did you have a great like? Obviously, as a designer, as an artist, was clothing always going to be like we're going to do like awesome merch? Because like other brands, and I'll never name names. It's very basic, boring logo, home plate maybe comes from Jack. Like it's we sell T-shirts, especially in hats, like a mm-hmm. band. Like if you yeah. go see a cool yes, band, yes, that you yes, love, yes, yes, yes. You go to the yes. show and you got to buy a T-shirt. Yeah. And there's like 20 things to pick from, so you gotta buy like two. Like, it's kind of like that for us. And yeah. I think that's simply because it's not even just because it looks cool; it's because it has a meaning. Yes. Like when yes. you buy a battle shirt, like there's a meaning to it. Mm-hmm. A grit shirt yeah. or gratitude shirt or what it may be. It's just it's not that the, sh- the shirts making them look cool is easy. Yeah. But they have a meaning besides oh, I'm just wearing a brand on my chest. Yeah. You know, and, and, the, and our best-selling shirts are not the ones that, right, it's just, just say war stick. Yeah, front. no, they're not. No, they're, no. It's Battle Grit. Yeah. Um, war Stick's incorporated into it, but it's the meaning of the brand that's on the shirt, and that's mm-hmm. what I think other brands don't have because they don't have those meanings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's just very just here it is. We had to make this here Our it is. meaning is we make really high-performance baseball stuff. Good. There it and is. And that's yeah. basic positioning, but we're kind of one step further than that. My branding stuff. Absolutely. But again, I learned that from doing it for a lot. Yeah. Ever. You know, it's it's you funny. Can't stand out unless there's something different. About yeah. It. It's funny you say that. That it's almost like you're buying like band shirts because very much like it felt like that when we walked in and I yeah. saw all the shirts because I'm very much like a like a punk rock guy. I've yeah. Been that way my whole life. Yeah. I just loved it. So you go to concerts and they have the wall of shirts and you yeah. pick it. That's what that felt like literally. Yeah. So when you say that, I'm like, yes, that is exactly. And obviously with your with who helps you run it, it's like that I mean, makes no so much sense. No one's not a fan of our brand buys our shirts. Yeah, because it's for fans. Yeah, that's what it is. Our brand is a thing that is. I mean, it's kind of not unlike a cult. <laughs> <laughs> like it's supposed to. Yeah. Have you people got to know what are they believing in? What are they buying into? What's it about? Yeah. Oh, that that act. You know, people want. It actually complements them as a person. Yeah. To like a certain brand. You know what you um, say that? Have you heard of the brand? There's a supplement brand called BPN out of Austin, Bear Performance Nutrition. Have you heard of that brand? Not yet. So I would look them up. They remind me so much of this mm. because they're very much like that. It's all inclusive. They do the supplements. They do the clothing. They do yeah. all this. There's very much a community aspect to it. Everyone's bought into it, and that's yeah. what, like, yeah. this is. But, like, obviously as successful as you guys are and as, as successful as they are, y'all set yourself apart from everyone else in your obviously different realms yeah. of what y'all do business in. Yeah. But that's what makes it so special, I think. That's yeah. what really brings I mean, the speciality. To of those it. brands' credit, most of our competitors are, think about it, they're 40, 60, 80, 100 years old. Yeah, yeah they've been around for 100 years ago, you didn't need to have yeah. a personality. No, it was like the brand is, was really the name that said, yeah. okay, this was made by so. And you want to play baseball? This is what you use. So this is it. in a way, like we emerged when, you know, people were starting to look look more from a brand in terms of what it cared about or yeah. what it meant or what yeah, it stood for or what good it was doing in the world. Absolutely. 40, 60 years ago, you didn't need to do that. Yeah. So I don't like fault them for that, mm-hmm. but it's harder in hindsight or it's harder after the fact for them to go attach something yeah. like that to their brand. Of course. Um, I just happened to <clears throat> 
get to start like that. Mm-hmm. And I knew, like, hey, I can't just be, like, a baseball bat brand because the world well, doesn't need another baseball no. bat brand. It just doesn't need it, yeah. you know. Um, so it's not even about bringing another baseball bat brand into the world. It's like bringing a mentality in the world that's a positive. Uh, you know, when you can have a kid, like, we'll have parents email us that say, hey, like, my kid was really struggling in school and kids were picking on him or whatever, and now he's really started to believe in himself and he's come out of his shell and he's, like, gotten str- – like, you see effect – like a mentality, your mind can be so powerful mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of how you progress as a human. Mm-hmm. And like, we've really seen that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not always about baseball with our customers and our fans and the parents. I mean, it's like, it's about can these kids go believe in their mm-hmm. ability as a human to, to just keep going, man? Yeah. You know, and yeah. then stuff we never expected. Like, you know, we'll get an email and it's like, hey, I need 20 battle shirts. And we're like, wow, that's a lot. And they're like, well, my, my mom has cancer and we it all just want battle shirts to yes, like to, sh- to know, represent. Like, yeah. yeah we're to fight like, the fight. Yeah. Like fight for her. And I mean, you wouldn't believe how many times that that's happened. Really? Like, oh yeah. I mean, I'm talking, I mean, dozens and dozens. Like it, it's, I mean, we've that's been selling battle shirt for 10 years. So, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, it just makes sense. And people like, it, it doesn't always end well. Yeah. And we see both. Right. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, my mom had cancer and I had to give her a battle shirt. Mm-hmm. She got through it. Luckily, um, and she's a baller. Yeah. Um, but like, that's, that's not normal in a sporting goods brand. No. That there's a there's that much human th- touch to it. Yes, like that. exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. So there's heart behind it. Yeah. There's heart into it. Um, you know. it's funny that you say that, man, but like that, that's like what makes brands successful when there's more to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So, you know, we've talked about everything. We've hit everything. We've talked about the clothing. So what, what's coming up with Warstick that, that you're excited to share? That's like, Hey, this is, you know, this is maybe that you can share. Right. Yeah, I know. That I you actually, can't share. What's I've learned actually. I got to keep my mouth shut a little bit more. <laughs> um, I mean, well, one thing I can say, like we we kind of soft launched Girls Fast Pitch last year. Mm-hmm. And those, we, yeah, we got those. Yeah, those are. Yeah, and we, those, even those look sick though. Those look. They look awesome. sick, but they're not where they need to be. Right. Okay. Like yeah. they they need to be better. And phase so one. It's phase one, right? It was phase one, just right. like our first metal baseball bats were right. not the best. So, I I would say our biggest point of focus. Um, in terms of new stuff, is to really give the girls the bats that they deserve. Because mm-hmm. when you watch a college softball game, sorry guys, but like, I don't, I'm, I don't care. Watch a college softball game and watch a college. I love college game. softball games though. College baseball players play hard. They do. But college softball girls, they play for blood. Oh bro. yeah. Well, that you know and, what's funny. And they care it's more because they're about to end. Like they got three it. more years, that's four more years, it. and there's nowhere yes. else to go. So this yes. is it. And I love how hard they play, and mm-hmm. that fits our brand. So yes. I would say one of the most eminent things that's about to come out is, like, I feel like the softball bat that, that is, is worthy of how serious those girls mm-hmm. are. Yes. So that's that's probably the biggest, coolest, new fun thing coming out um, is, you know, um, not baseball, but fast pitch. Yeah. And that's really important to us because this brand should be transcending into what girls are about. They almost represent it in a lot of cases. <laughs> I mean, girls are ballers, you know. So, but it, but it is like even watching, if you watch any NCAA Division One softball. Yeah, it is so intense, and yeah. it's so there's just so much into it. Yeah, because that is that's like trying to win. That's that's their pro ball. Like that is the yeah, biggest stage sure. you're gonna play on yeah. as a girl. You know, you can go play pro softball, and I talked to Sierra Romero about the same thing, and it was like, even like she said, like I still feel like the biggest days were when she was playing at Michigan because they're fighting for that one thing, and that's the biggest stage a lot of them play on because, unfortunately, softball isn't yeah. publicized and it's not as 
romanticized as baseball is, which sucks. Yeah. Because there's just as much excitement and grit and fight yeah. in those girls and there are there is in, in the big stake. leagues. The reality is that what's at yeah. stake is what makes it Yeah. You know what I mean? So what makes it exciting. That's a tough one, but like I just love that space and so mm-hmm. that's the big one. And then in baseball, like we have we definitely have some new BB Corbats. Of course. Versions of things coming, new triple A, but those are the things I definitely no, we'll keep that. You don't have to share those. We'll see them when they come out. You, you know? see them when you see them, right? And <laughs> see what people think of them and all that in games. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, and then there's, I mean, in general, we're definitely making a move behind the scenes to methodically get serious about a lot of new sports. Yeah. Um, well, we, we, you can see that. You, you our, like, keep our eyeball on baseball. Keep your identity. So that's yeah. why, I mean, we're not just spreading ourselves thin. We've been hiring new people behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Go do these things like big boy style, really. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Um, and I've experimented for the last three years on some of those new sports just to see, yeah, like an organically, like the reaction. Do people even care? Do they want this? Yeah, they do. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> they do. But yeah. you know what? A lacrosse guy doesn't want to hear anything about baseball. That's also very true. And the baseball guy really, there's a couple, but mostly they don't want to hear about lacrosse. And pickleball people don't want to hear about baseball. So, I mean, the big road ahead to differentiate we've got to have a community we've got to have a um you know we've got to have a line of communication in each sport for the people in that sport right and that's why we're having it's so much more complex than just making the goods oh i got Um, because i can't even talk competently about most of those sports i can talk competently about baseball Mm -hmm. kind of fast pitch um as much as you wish pickleball at all i don't even know know i don't pickleball um golf i can be competent about fly fishing i can be almost to a pro level about um surfing i can i can hang in there but surfing such a horrible retail sport um <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. we have to have people in here hockey i'm not a hockey guy I'm dude no, me either i don't yeah so down here tough, even, yeah. you know we we are bringing in kind of people that can speak the language of those sports mm-hmm. as we as we launch each right one of those. and that's yeah. that's one of the biggest investments is the, is the people side and the messaging side so yeah well, people in those sports I know the the thing is we I know we can make the goods good, mm-hmm. like the lacrosse sticks are as good as anybody else. Mm-hmm. There's not much to a lacrosse stick, right? But we can't speak the language until I bring and show that we care enough to bring in people that care about lacrosse. Right? Then I would matter. buy my shit. Yeah, it makes sense. But people are. But I'm like, but that's what it deserves. Yeah. You know? So um, that's, that's the scary part of like branching out so much is that you want to make sure you have the right people to relay that information to that des- designated audience, which is yeah. like where a lot of brands They're kind of sometimes cultures. they lose that. They're just like, well, this is us and we're going to do this and here it is. And it's like, well, I don't really give a shit because that's not even what I'm about. So, yeah. and you lose that audience, but yeah. I think y'all are going about it the calculated way. We all in our way. sport, like if you, if you market baseball stuff and you baseball players can <laughs> tell you don't, you've never been in a dugout. They don't give a shit. Then, it, then you like lose it, that. It authentic- does, yeah, yeah, you, you just, lose that authenticity. Yeah, you gotta, you yeah. gotta have that. Mm-hmm. They gotta know that you could sit in their shoes and mm-hmm. that thing. and understand. So yeah. Now we gotta do that in eight different sports over the next three years. But that's fun. That's, that's cool. Like that, there's that, someone that that's, there's yeah. de- there's definitely people out there that that care enough about lacrosse, like I do baseball. <laughs> Absolutely. That 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 would be a badass job for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just about finding those people. The right, but yeah. Um, we're working on it. Yeah, man. And I know, uh, you know, as we wrap this up, I know you guys have some teams, right? Y'all, y'all mm-hmm. sponsor teams to play. Yeah. yeah. Do they, and how, how did that come about? Was that something, was it your kids, did your kids kind of inspire that kids, a little bit? A little bit. People started asking, honestly. And then my kids too. I had coached, <coughs> you know, I did the thing where I coached my kids, like, you know, coach pitch. Most and do, that right? Stuff, and then normal. Having fun with that. And then, you know, the approach to it was absolutely 
kind of response to the current state of select baseball, which is I'm not trying to build an organization and see how big it can get and yeah, how much money I can take from you and like we'll create <laughs> as many teams as well, you want. That's a whole other so story. So we actually too, don't call so we have team war stick, but we yeah. don't we say it's not an organization. Mm-hmm. It's basically just a band of independent teams mm-hmm. where there's like twelve kids mm-hmm. with twelve sets of badass parents mm-hmm. that that are not Crazy. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly. <laughs> and then where you're going a coach that, yeah. that's dedicated to those kids and those parents, and it's, it's got a good catch, vibe. Yeah. And I don't care how good they are, but I care how they play and how they represent themselves and how they represent them. Absolutely. Them, you know, it's so it's. We have some really good teams that are like majors teams. Mm-hmm. We have some double A teams that are pretty bad. Mm-hmm. We have a team in Pawnee, Oklahoma, of all Pawnee native kids that's pretty not good, pretty but they're pretty <laughs> badass. But but the way that they and they represent themselves yeah. as humans right. like impeccably. A lot of our teams could learn from the way they handle themselves. So it's just different in that it's just a network of independent teams wearing the Warstick brand and believing in the core values of what it is and representing it. And then I think we have almost 40 teams in eight states. But that's like, awesome. Because I've seen your posts. Y'all post about yeah, it a lot. It's cool. Like, we this get, is awesome. I mean, part of it, it's it's real, too. It's yeah. like, hey, this kid just hit his first homer over a fence. Yeah. That's real. And that's a big yeah. day for yeah. him and mom. That'll and stick forever. Brother. That's not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So we get cool content. We don't really make money from it, but we get some cool, real content from it. It's a footprint and on the baseball community. Yeah, and that's need. cool. And yeah. um, and the kids, you know, it, it's been an overall positive thing that mm-hmm. I don't see why we wouldn't keep going. But we've yeah. had to get rid of some teams. I'll tell you that. But it's never because of the kids. No, it's, never is. It's either coach or, or, or parents, or a group of parents that just don't get what we're about. And I'm like, hey, man, sorry, but this isn't. You're done. You. Yeah, we can't. I, I hate that, but that's what you know. Unfortunately, like I said, a whole other conversation to have with youth. And I coach youth kids, so I know one hundred thousand percent. And Hannah goes with me to games, so she knows one thousand percent what what you mean when you say parents can ruin it for life, and they can because it's well, just the way they. One one of the goals with Team Warstick, which actually my fourteen year old has actually get gotten to experience firsthand, is my oldest kid. We didn't have Team Warstick, and he probably was on a different select team like most kids mm-hmm. every year from age whatever nine mm-hmm. to till he got till he high was school. done yeah because that's an environment like people don't stay together once someone bolts the other kid bolts and yeah. blah 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 my 14 year old's team has been intact since he was seven that's awesome and it's awesome mm-hmm. now they're like they're almost freshmen in high school so yeah. they, they've, they've all they've grown like, up together yeah. our first goal is to like make our high school team you know mm-hmm. and like they're all still there couple changes here and there but like <coughs> yeah it's, it's inevitable it's yeah. like unbelievable how how much there's, a, there's a core same group coach, right core group yeah same coach no i would say it's i would it's not even a core group it's 11 12 kids damn that's awesome and there's been one or two changes within that over the last three years but that's it it's it's special and that's it's special i never seen that. I, I had so when i grew up playing just like just for the story's sake we had <clears throat> we had the same thing where we built an organization and it grew too big and then obviously yeah. that where you're scared of happening happened and then it just disbanded yeah. but it did last for shit it lasted for when i was from 12 to when i turned 17 18 yeah, you can and, and it, it was people being dedicated right to and it that. took we had the same core group from when i was 12 with a couple you know there's pieces that move out but we had the same group of kids there's yeah. about five or six of us and that core stayed yeah and with pieces moving around but that was i thought that was a beautiful thing because that's never my brother's teams didn't last like that yeah they it's were really good mind. and it just never lasts it just doesn't last and that's that's not so, always good for business no it's but. not I don't but mean it's to be cynical about the youth sports business, yeah. but there's some good and there's a lot of bad in there. Yeah. What are we doing? And yeah. I just, even my, like my experience <coughs> as a kid playing, you know, baseball from age 
11 to 14, I, I, I have a million memories. Mm-hmm. Same. And the one thing I'll always challenge a kid, I wrote 12 year old, I'm like, name five or six kids that you played against, first name and last name. They can't name one <laughs> because they don't play in leagues. No, because they they play different they're, people. They're every traveling league. all over the place. There's no there's no such thing called a rival because they don't play in anybody enough to become rivals. No. And I have like sixty rivals. Now we're good <laughs> friends as adults. But yeah, it's like, yeah. Dude, when we went thirteen, we went to war, bro. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I think I think the format is more to blame than anything. Yes, the tournament format is what that. Yeah, is why that's like yeah. that because. Again, old man Jenkins, but like it's not old man, man. I'm just with you. Like I played in a select league in Dallas that was amazing. Like yes, you did not just get on those teams. Mm -hmm. It was hard. That's how it was for me too. But like Mm -hmm. the cool thing was like I'm from San Antonio, and we used to play select tournaments in town. It used to be that way. Now there's never any select tournament. Everyone's traveling, literally anywhere else, right? Yeah. But at that point in that time, like we used to have we used to have rivals because we'd see the same teams in that in those tournaments. Lose to those guys again, and it's like I know that kid. And then it's funny because then when you get to high school. You know, a lot of kids go back. to people go to different go to schools together. Like yeah. a lot of kids we played against were private school kids, so we ended up coming together where we were at one point rivals. Now we're like really great friends. It's like yeah. insane. I love it's cool. it's wild because of that. When you're yeah. in a district and you're trying to win and you got to finish second mm-hmm. to go to the playoffs, like you have rivals. Yeah, yeah. And people again, people just don't realize what they're missing. Yeah, they don't have that. Like yeah. when I cried when we didn't make the playoffs when I was there. Yeah, it's it's like deaf. It's like crazily like, like hurts. I can't yeah, play baseball again until. A year, spring? yeah. You gotta sit around and wait. And you like cry for four days and like, okay, I get to play football now. So that was yeah. the only thing it made me, <laughs> you know. But there's like, something else coming, right? It's just, I don't mean to be old man on it, but like, I would love. I think there are people out there bringing. <clears throat> if I had the time, me and Ian had the time, I could see us putting effort into bringing back a way to have league type plays. But where it's ultra competitive, matter. yeah. But it's competitive, yeah. Yeah, but it's competitive, um, and. There was something at stake that made you want to play and enjoy playing more, mm-hmm. because what we do, man, it's 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 just a joke now. Like how mm-hmm. exhausting parents are with kids. Yeah. Okay, I played at eight o'clock. We won. That's great. I don't play until four, <laughs> so I got to drive an hour home. Drive back. It's just this, it's, it's just so much it's too much. Qual- it's so much quantity over quality. Yeah, mm-hmm. is is the general thing. But like, it's gonna take some people really being. It's going to take some, like, straight-up punk rock people to, to change, something. change that yeah. environment. But not just to repeat what we had in the 70s and 80s and mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. and bring old things back. There's got to be a new version of all of it that kind of combines what is good about current yeah. select baseball mm-hmm. but it, but about enjoying the journey of it. Because the reality is, like, I feel like there's so many kids that play select ball till they're 18 years old. They put so many hours into it, and then they're done. They and they out. look back and go, I didn't have fun. You know, then what did you do? That's my brother. So I play the same thing. My brother was hands down better than I am. Mm. Like hands down, like on draft boards. And then four went college, college offers, went to a small D2 school he wanted to go to. and was just like, you know what? I don't want to play because I don't find this fun. And it's just, it's burnt out. And it's sad because like, there's all these talents of kids that could really be something. And then they're just like, I just, my parents killed it for me. I don't want to do it anymore. And it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. But yeah, but it's like, there's not many other, you almost have to create your own world to not be in that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, with my yeah. kids, the only thing I could think to do was, like, let their interests naturally progress and grow and play more as they get older, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Yes. yes you know, exactly. so that as they really get old enough to take on their own training, yeah. 
like they're not burned out. Like what twelve year old kid needs to play eight games on a Sunday? From 8 a.m. Well, to 8 p.m. It's like and that's should we call them games because they're usually an hour and a half, and most of the kids, half the kids get two at bats, half of them get one. And they're one at bat in a baseball game is not a baseball. That's game. not a baseball game, no. Because like the whole you, point yeah. is like I I failed two times, but that third time I came. I got through. it. Yeah, and you still you put something up. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's just so many. Youth baseball is a whole deal, man. But yeah, dude, that would be podcast number two. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Well, I really appreciate you having us down here, man. You've got something really, really awesome happening, dude. It is phenomenal. So Thanks, thank man. you. Thank you for letting us come down here and view and all this stuff and seeing all the cool stuff you've got. Yeah, we, I really appreciate bats, it. Dude, we love the bats. We love the bats. It's, Deal. I'm going to be promoting you guys till, till I'm uh, not doing it anymore. Whatever. Promote everybody fairly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, dude, I'm, like I said, I just, I'm a huge advocate. Like I said, I'm always been like kind of the outcast guy. I'm like super punk kid. Like, I've yeah. got tattoos. I almost want to look at your designs out there and plan my next tattoo. I'm not even kidding. Like I was looking, I was like, I need to get something. We have here. people that have uh, done the war stripes. The two bars. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I have come uh, in the office and they've got a worst yeah. tattoo and I'm like, yeah. oh man, that that's, that's not coming off, like, man. Yeah. That's here forever. But I mean yeah. like, it's like some of this stuff is like the battle, the grit, that's stuff that you can take with you anywhere. It's yeah, like sure. that can I don't represent that. more than I don't. You can put it on a T-shirt. I don't own that. Like it's <laughs> like you know. yeah, it's just a, but the, but it represents a lot. So yeah, but anyway, sure. I'll, we could talk that off camera. But I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. Um, obviously, we'll we'll be talking for in the future. But but like I said, I really appreciate it, man. So thanks so much. All right, man. See you appreciate soon. It. It's here. That was awesome, man. Okay. Moment of truth. Oh, here we go.